0: I'm Tanner Scott, and you are listening to e-commerce secrets to scale. If you want to scale your e-commerce business, you've come to the right place because this podcast is all about hearing stories and strategies from successful entrepreneurs and e-commerce professionals to uncover scaling secrets that will have a huge impact on your online store. This week on the show, Nathan Hall, co-founder of Ampre, joins me to talk about conversion rate optimization tools, as well as some tips to help you increase your conversion rate of your store and how to approach it. Nate really knows his stuff, so I hope you learned something from this episode. Welcome to the show, Nate. I'm super excited to have you. Tell us who you are and what you
1: do. Oh, well, thanks, Tanner. No, I'm excited to be here. So um, quick quick overview. I'm, uh, I am own a uh, co-founder of a SaaS platform. It's an e-commerce conversion platform called Ambry. And then we also have um, a lead gen company, uh, mainly focused on legal lead gen.
0: Awesome. So how did you get started in e-commerce specifically? And how did that ultimately translate into starting a SaaS product?
1: Yeah. So we're gonna go 10 years ago um, getting started in digital marketing. Was focused um heavily in affiliate marketing at the time. So really it was and it's not the influencer or affiliate marketing, it was definitely all paid um traffic that I was running, right? Um, so it was just straight arbitrage as far as buying traffic at one price, trying to sell it to the, and try to get them to buy an offer. And uh, for, you know, my measly commission percentage and be able to make a profit out of that and find, find money out of that. And so um, grew that extremely fast within a year and a half. uh, Me and um, my, then had hired a couple other guys um, and we were doing uh, close to about eight to 10 million, um, a year for the next two years and then grew that from, um, from that, uh, I think we, we topped that around about 14 million a year and, and that was all just the affiliate commission. So like the actual sales, the e-commerce sales we were generating equaled probably closer to about 30 to 40 million a year, but obviously all I cared about was the commission side of it. So right. well, really <laughs> <laughs> but that then led to obviously just everything was focused on customer acquisition, right? Like and so it put us in a position where we were testing everything on the page. Um, so your typical CRO testing, but also even beyond that, where we were like testing different pop-ups and little, you know, flyouts coming out and, um, and social proof notifications before that was even like a thing. Right. Um, and testing all sorts of different things on our landing pages and our editorials to really just pre-frame and pre-sell the customer. So when they went to the product pages of the, the offer owners, um, they were already ready to buy and we had the highest, you know, high conversion rates and whatnot to make it work. So then that's when I, when I, when I started getting a little burnt out with affiliate marketing, cause you're not building anything of value. Um, you're just, they're just campaigns. And the second you turn them off, everything, everything stops. So then that led into getting into software, uh, where I bought a software company out in Eastern Europe and had them starting to automate some of the things we were doing, the conversion stuff, and uh, that ended up after a couple of different versions turning into what is now Ampre, um, which is a full-on uh, conversion platform that allows you to not only like create the pop-ups and flyouts and different things, but um, has a lot of like fun. Behavioral targeting stuff that allows you to kind of almost like trigger something at any time to any person and kind of personalize it as well. So, um and that's, we've been, we started that, ran that um, about two years ago is when we actually kind of went live with the beta. And then um this last year and a half, we've been growing, um growing like crazy and had the ability to work with a lot of eight and nine figure e-commerce brands that fun part about that is just like all the data, right? Like you just, we're just testing so many different things, finding out what's working um, and learning super fast to um, really would just, it just gives us kind of an advantage over the marketplace with um, all the fun things we're able to do. So
0: I always find it super interesting when someone kind of starts off with an agency model and then, you know, develops a product to help them do their job better and then turns around, turn around and, you know, start selling that product as a standalone thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, but is it just SaaS platform or is there a managed service tied into it as well?
1: There is. Um. So there is the, like the self-serve um, option. But then yes, we do have like a like almost like an enterprise plan that's a done for you type managed solution.
0: Okay, cool. So what are some of the things you've learned along the way since you know releasing the SaaS platform out for beta or even just to the public that have really had a major factor on your success so far?
1: Um funny thing. Well, I mean, there's a bunch of things, like obviously customer acquisition for uh B2C or you know, D to C, however you want to uh, look at it, versus B to B with growing the SaaS platform, like <laughs> is there's there's some similarities, but really it's almost like completely different, right? So that that whole side of it, the B to B, we had to learn completely new. But really, when it pertains to e-commerce, um, some of the biggest things we've we've learned is that, like for one e-commerce has been a little too, too easy. It seems like with when Facebook just had their like e-commerce started big time growing fast with, uh, with the Facebook ad platform. And now that iOS has happened, attribution problems have happened and things getting a little harder. It's like, this is what I'm used to is like this style of like, Hey, like put an advertorial in front of it, pre-sell the client a little bit more before you actually send it the product pages. Like the type of marketing that's working now for e-commerce is stuff that, you know, we were doing five, eight years ago. So it's almost kind of like it's coming back. Um, cause it got, it almost got a little too easy there, I think for, for a while.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going back to the basics, right. Uh, going back to those marketing fundamentals that ultimately every marketer should have been doing the whole time. Right. I mean, but, can you
1: really get it back to where it was? That's the question. Um yeah, I mean, we've I think so. I think it's just a matter of building more infrastructure and and around you in a sense of like you're focusing not so much on just the front end, but also back end, right? Like lifetime value and promoting more of a brand and all of that, and really building kind of connection with your customers. Cause if you're able, if you're doing that, then the numbers, um, work out extremely well, where you can get, you know, your, if you're looking at more of an LTV side of it, then like, you know, your five, six, seven row that everyone used to love to, to get a couple of years ago. Right. Um, like that's, that's, that's a hundred percent achievable. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, it has gotten, it has gotten harder. You do have to, you have to work harder on the front end, but biggest thing is is like if you really focus on the back end and and do it right and, and focus on connection like hundred percent you can get back to the that stage of growing a an ecom brand to a you know seven eight figure,
0: yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely more about like building a brand and getting loyal customers than it is about you know quick wins or quick sales now right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I actually just wrapped up the, the last episode. We were talking about conversion rate optimization and you know, we didn't touch on tools at all. So I'm really excited to to dig into this conversation with you. Um, so obviously Ampri is a tool and, you know, it helps with conversion rate optimization. But can we start with defining what conversion rate optimization is and what the process actually looks like?
1: Yeah. When, um, if you look at basic conversion rate optimization, it's all usually one goes to split testing, right? Like AB split testing and trying to find uh, the the best converting element or page possible through just rigid split testing, right? Like AB head to head control versus variant. Um, what's going to actually win out and always trying to beat your control, um, which still is alive and still is something that um, highly recommend everyone do um, almost on every element, right on their page and whatnot. Um, it is almost like a lost art sometimes, um, just because everyone commonly goes to traffic, right? They're always thinking ads, how do I you know, how do I get a better click-through rate? how do I get my video ads to to convert better? And they're not really thinking of like, oh, the whole landing page and what we can do to improve things there, which really is where you have the most levers to pull, right? Yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, it it seems like so many marketers are not looking at that overall customer journey from start to finish, you know. You need to put just as much focus on getting that click on the ad as, you know, you put it towards getting someone to actually convert on the website, right? So... You know, outside of Ampry, I know you might be a little bit biased on this on this one, but uh what what tools do you recommend for CRO and I want to face this question in a sense where someone listening could, you know, at least get something going for themselves if they're not currently, you know, focused on that.
1: 100%. So, and there's a difference between like hard CRO tool which is like AB split testing. Um versus Ampry, which is more of like your pop-ups and almost like a conversion amplifier. Um So it does impact conversion rate, increase conversion rate, and it does like help you do upsells and cross-sells. So it helps with the average order value, but it's not like a, a page testing, A-B page testing software. So for true CRO, I would actually... um in-house anything anytime we're doing something for a client or ourselves it's always using um google optimize um obviously there's the paid like that's the free version that google um, puts out there there are paid versions um that are that have some some added features and whatnot but at the end of the day for like what you're really using it for google optimize is always what we suggest to people
0: okay well that's good that's good to know um, that there's a free tool out there for, for everyone to check out. Um, are there any tools that anyone listening should, you know, shy away from using at all? Um,
1: yeah, just don't get wrapped up into like VW, um, VWO is um, they're, they're a paid version of Google optimize and you're going to pay thousands of dollars for something you can get for free. Um, and But then there's also like your um, run-of-the-mill pop-up builder app or whatnot that you're, you're just not going to have, I mean, at the end of the day, like everyone knows a bad pop-up when they see it. Right. They almost like associate it immediately with something annoying. (laughs) Yeah. And it has the, you know, the opposite effect that you're trying to, to go for. So when I mean, yeah, so definitely don't go for the the overpriced A-B testing tools and um, make sure you're getting a, a, you know, a quality actual pop-up tool that you're using when you're any anytime you're using like any overlays or whatnot.
0: Yeah. And I think it's really easy to, you know, kind of rely on software tools too much mm-hmm. when you're trying to implement something for your business. So I think it's important that, you know, we focus on the fundamentals a little bit when it comes to optimizing conversion rates, you know, what are, what are some tools in our arsenal that we can use to, you know, try to push that visitor towards the action that we want them to take?
1: So biggest thing, when we look at like bringing on a new client and improving conversion rates, we always... Like it's, it's like that. Um, I think it's Robert Collier. I don't even know which copywriter it was, but just enter the conversation that's already going on in their mind. Um, and so what you try to think of is like, where is this person coming from? If they're coming from a Facebook ad, like understand what the ad's saying and like what mindset these people are probably going, are coming into that landing page with, and then what would be the next logical thing? right? Like, or what would be a reason why they would want to leave? Or like, what's one of the, you know, whether it's like a limiting belief or objection that they would have, what are those type of things that they're having? And make sure you, you're addressing that, whether in the copy, uh, we like to do it in like exit pop-ups, right? When they're trying to exit the page or site abandonment um, is look at like objections and whatnot that we could overcome. Because that always is like the, low hanging fruit of a way to like improve conversion rates or lower your bounce rate real fast. Um, but that's, that's one of the like the most common things that looking at and, and funny enough, a lot of times with e-commerce stores, it comes down to navigation. Cause with like a, if you're, if you've got a funnel, um, an actual sales funnel, like the steps are easy to take, right? Like, you know what you're, there's only one place to go next with an e-commerce store. There's so many places to go. And so a lot of times it's just like navigation of trying to get the person to the right product that they really care about. Right. Um, And so we address that in a bunch of ways with um, with software, but also just looking at um, at the natural flow of the site and making sure the navigation is very clear and concise um, to help people just get where they need to go. Um, A lot of times we make it harder than it needs to be.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I really like the quote that you said, you know, enter the conversation that they're already having in their minds. And that that really is the key to understanding e-commerce, right? Because, you know, if you go back in time to brick and mortar retail when everyone was going to a store to buy things that they wanted, right? Mm-hmm. There was someone there to address those concerns or help them choose between product A and product B and answer questions that they have. So Uh, it makes it more difficult in that sense, because you have to enter that conversation and answer those objections, speak to those objections without actually being able to have a conversation with that visitor, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's, that's the fun part of marketing though, too, right? Is, is, is just playing and testing and finding new ways of like, hey, what is like really going to help push this person to to buy? And just, and, and yeah, looking at it through the psychology of it as well is uh, super impactful and can help in a big way.
0: Yeah, for sure. So you, you mentioned, you know, exit pop-ups. Uh, what are some other like quick wins that, you know, an e-commerce brand could implement on their side today and see, you know, at least a little bit of improvement?
1: yeah so a couple of fun things that are working right now um, is like a what we call a mobile nav bar. Um, so you're seeing some sites start, um, oh, well, you see Apple right with their late with their recent updates. on Safari, everything is now on the bottom, right? Um, and there's a reason for that. It's because when you're holding a phone, it's within a thumb's reach. And so anything within a thumb's reach is actually going to, you're going to have a higher click-through rate. If they have to physically move their hand to hit the nav bar, which usually everyone has that little hamburger icon in the top left or right. Like you're having to move your hand to hit that. And so if you know on a homepage, no one's buying on a homepage, they're buying on the product page. So let's get them there. Um, Then it's like, what can we put on that bottom nav bar? Almost like like, think of like quick links, right? like uh, that you can jump to places where you know, they're going to want to go. If you're using tools like Ampry and some, um, there's a few others, but that have even like personalization built in, you can kind of tell like, Hey, has this person visited a certain product before? And so you can put things in, dynamically change that bar but at the end of the day even just like a, like a flat um quick links bar um at the bottom has had a huge impact on lowering at least home page bounce rate which usually homepage is where you're you're going to have the highest bounce rate so that's that that's a super high impact um tool that not a, not a lot of adopted yet um yeah exit pop-ups and like with e-commerce, a lot of times it gets looked at as like a cart saver pop-up or um, depending on where they're at, right? Like if they're, if they've added something to the cart and now they're about to leave, that's, that's when like you get that cart message of, hey, wait, looks like you've, you know, forgot to finish your order. If you do it now, then we'll give you a, you know, within the next 15 minutes, we'll give you another, an extra 5% off kind of thing, right? Like, those are impactful on when they have something in their cart, but before that, um, my biggest pet peeve right now is everyone running these welcome pop ups that are like unlock fifteen percent off, and for to get your email and SMS right. Like, um, and funny thing is, is if you ever if you turn that thing off, you're going to see your conversion rate jump up a little bit. it's actually having an impact on your conversion rate. And so it's always a big pet peeve of ours of, Hey, that will get rid of that and focus more on like when people are trying to exit, because at the end of the day, your primary goal should always be the sale. And then yes, a secondary goal could, um, should be, uh, building your list and getting subscribers, but there's, there's more impactful ways or to do that and not necessarily have to, you know, compromise sales to do it.
0: Right. Yeah. And and I think you hit on something really key there, and that's personalization, uh, especially with e-commerce, you know, showing the right products to the right person at the right time. It's easier said than done, of course. But that's that's how you're going to see the most conversions is because you're taking all of the work out of that process for them. You know, they're seeing what they're already interested in. And I, I think that's a really good point. You know, to have a, a sticky nav at the bottom of the screen so they have personalized links to things that they're already interested in. Uh, that has to have a huge impact.
1: Hundred percent, yeah. Like we're seeing click through rates to product pages like twenty five percent higher just by adding that sucker.
0: Yeah, um, that, I mean that's that's definitely a big deal. Um, but I, I totally agree with you about you know saving your discounts for when someone is, you know, a little bit farther into the funnel, right? Mm -hmm. And I see that all the time. Like, like you said, it's so common. I mean, right when someone lands on the page, they get 10 to 15 to 20% off just by signing up for the email list, save that for later on, you know, if you're seeing that people aren't converting in their, you know, shopping and engaging with product pages or maybe even abandoning their cards or checkout, that's when you should be giving them, the discount code because, you know, they're on the fence at that point, you know, they're in the consideration phase of the funnel and they're like, you know, not sure like what they want and that's going to get them to go across the finish line very, very effectively.
1: 100%. Yeah. Like, and it, like, and and the reason why people started it is because it worked, it worked really well a year ago. Like we, there used to be, we used to see like 10% plus opt-in rates with those, with um, offering just a discount offer. Um, but now it's usually around like 3% is considered like good. Um, and so it's just like with any tactic, right? Like over time, the more people and the more it gets adopted, more people see it, the less effective it becomes. Right. Um, so yeah, so we found a lot of things that work really well, um, on side of that, like actually a shop quiz. Right. Like a short shop quiz. And I'm not saying like the six or seven question, like in-depth quiz that um, that some are putting on their site. But I'm talking really just like a one or two question quiz on a pop up as they're trying to leave. That's more addressing the problem and showing the solution in the in the like the answers, the options. Cause that is more what someone's willing to engage with is obviously they came looking, having a problem, looking for a solution. And if they can see and feel confident that, Hey, you're actually one that can solve that. And then you put a product recommendation behind those answers. Like that's super impactful on getting people to start engaging. And that's what we've actually been pushing and moving a lot more to.
0: Yeah, that's huge. I mean, that's one of the biggest downfalls of, you know, traffic that just bounces, right? Because you don't know why they bounced and you don't know what their objections are or what caused them to leave or, you know, where where that gap is. So I think that's really huge. Um, but yeah, we we found that, you know, saving the discount code even all the way into like some retargeting ads has been really effective for us and, you know, you know it just it, we've seen that our cost per acquisition goes down pretty dramatically by doing that. And you know people people are more likely to convert at that point because that's when a, a discount code means the most to them.
1: Yeah, for sure. People need a reason to buy, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's <laughs> that's what that's what's so different or what's fundamentally different about e-commerce versus traditional retail is You can't just put your products on a shelf and wait for people to buy them, right? You have to actually, you know, inform them and educate them and, you know, position them in a way that they see it as a solution to their problem. And uh, I've I've said this a lot uh, recently, but you, you need to be a brand, not a product with a name, right? So Nate, what would you say your secrets to scale are?
1: Secrets to Seagale um, really have come down to focusing on. If you look at your site as a as a you know leaky bucket, right? Like a, a bucket that's got a bunch of holes in it, and the water is all the traffic. And just go to work on plugging those. Like, and really, that comes down to what what high impact things can help increase the conversion rate and increase your average order value. Because if you do those two things you're going to be able to absorb a higher cost for customers, right? Like you're going to be able to pay more because you're converting uh, more of those people that are coming. You're getting more out of the traffic that's coming and that's, what's going to win. in th- these days is, you know, the traffic costs are going to continue to go higher. Um, that's not going to go away. And so it's a matter of like, Hey, what can I do on my end, on my side of my site to convert more of the people coming in and get them buying more,
0: yeah. And in some ways, a lot of the time, you know, just making more out of the traffic, getting more out of the traffic that you're already getting makes a lot more sense. Right. <laughs> and I say this all the time too, you know, the best way to double your revenue is to double your conversion rate.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. Easiest way too. Yep. So Nate, I really appreciate
0: you taking the time to do this interview with me today. Is there anything that I did not ask you that you think might benefit the audience?
1: Um the biggest thing is is like we have seen so many companies that have stalled out and and had a felt like they you know just had reached their end and honestly just knowing that yes like you can just a few tweaks just going to work focusing on improving copy improving the buying experience on your site like can make all the difference in the world to give you so much more room to scale. And, um, and so like a lot of people, I know they're just banging their heads against the wall right now with, you know, trying to scale things with the higher costs and traffic and everything and just not seeing it. Um, but that's where you start putting less focus on traffic and more focus on converting. The yeah, man.
0: Couldn't agree more. So what's a good way for anyone listening to get in contact with you?
1: Um, uh, he's way. You can go to com. You can, um, email me at Nate at amprey or find me on Facebook.
0: Awesome, man. Well, we'll be sure to link those up in the show notes and thanks again, Nate.
1: All right. No, I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of e commerce secrets to scale. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss another episode. This podcast is sponsored by Ranksey Digital Marketing. If you own an e commerce business and you're ready to take it to the next level, visit our website at ranksy.com. That's ranksey.com. That's R A N K S E Y.com.